Thanks for checking out the PowerPlace audio podcast. The PowerPlace exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to empower you with His Spirit and His Word so that you can engage your world. Here at the PowerPlace, we believe the Bible from cover to cover. And our prayer is that as you listen, the absolute truth of God's Word would bring complete freedom to every area of your life. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Isaiah Hollis. I am the executive pastor here at the PowerPlace. The PowerPlace exists to take, help people encounter His presence daily, to be empowered by His Spirit and His Word so that you can engage with your world. That's why we're here. That's why we exist. That's why this church is here um, to help you. And I, I believe that what God is doing in this house and through this house um, is, is incredible. But I love that this house is not contained to four walls and it's going beyond. Um, w- one of the, the biggest things that we're seeing happening in these days is the school system going crazy. And the school that's launching here, I'm so excited about it because we've been praying for our teachers and praying for the students that are going to be here, uh, for the families that are going to be a part. And I just, I just want you to give it up real quick for the teachers that are going to be teaching these kids because they're insane and they're blessed. And I'm excited. I'm excited to build kingdom-minded kids um, because when you have kingdom-minded kids, they'll change the world for him, not for them. Remember that. That that is one of our biggest hearts here at the Power Place is to see the next generation take over the world. When when they lead in a way that is is out out of the box, that is fire-filled, that wants to tear down walls, they will accomplish things. They will accomplish things for his kingdom and they will accomplish things for their family. See, a lot of, a lot of families are going through this, this time where they're, they're, they're almost worried about handing on the baton. It's like, ah, I don't know. Or I don't know if you're ready. I'm telling you, we're going to build kingdom-minded kids where you're like, here, go, run, do it. Get out of here. You're going to do it better than I did. I'm telling you, God is building up a generation that is going to wreck the devil's area. Amen. Amen. Every once in a while, you need to remind the devil of his future. See, he likes to remind you of your past, but you need to remind him of his future coming. You got to let him know what he's getting ready to go into. Say, hey, listen, I know you're trying to remind me of what I've been through, but get ready for where you're going because my past doesn't affect me. The Bible that I read says, don't look back. I don't have to worry about that. I'm looking forward to the future. I've been relieved of all that, and now I've set free to go ahead and walk in freedom. Come on. God is so good. How many of you love God with all your heart? (laughs) How many of you got a better cardio session this morning during worship than you did all week running? Gosh, I had a cramp like here running around the bottom. I'm like, oh, I love that. I love I love when you're pushed beyond in worship, when there's an excitement that's coming from the instruments, which, man, read the Bible when it talks about the clashing, clanging cymbals, you know, like all, getting into that moment. And when, when God's moving through worship, it's just in us, it's innate in us, like it's, it's built into our nature to want to be involved. It's like, I, I feel it. I, I, can, I can feel that, that urge to want to move because there's that, there's, that, there's that feeling of his presence being cast out through instrument. And it just moves me. It, 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 it pulls me into, uh, I, I, I don't know, I just, I, I feel this, this yearning to want more. This yearning to want more, to, to go beyond what I've been comfortable with. And some of you are like, Zay, you don't have any comfort zones. Yes, I do. I have comfort zones. And I want to break beyond those. Well, I'll, I'll never, I, I'm telling you, like those, those comfort zones for me, I want to break off. Why? Because we're supposed to be growing. 
And so I never want to tap out on the blessing, favor, relationship, intimacy with the Father. Because remember, this whole thing is not just about blessing. It's not just about favor. Those things are just benefits to the relationship. When you have a deepened relationship, you automatically get the benefits. But if we're only here for the blessing, the relationship will never go deep. Because we'll only go when we need, never when we just want. Lord, I strive just to be in your presence. I strive just to be near you. That's why we, we hammer it in over and over. Daily encounters with the Lord matter. Why? Because it's that deepening of that relationship. And when there's that deepening of that relationship, that's where things start to happen. When you get into his presence and he wrecks you and he, he takes you from, from always worrying about this one issue and he's like, don't worry about that anymore. You're free from that. Oh yeah, in that daily encounter. And now I can focus on this and where you're taking me. And it's those moments that he starts to build his sons and his daughters and brings this, this courage, this faith, this, this thing that is not worried by bills or, or things around them or the world. It's, that doesn't worry them because they've been built on a solid foundation. Why? Because of daily encounters. Uh, we talk about it every week right now. We're literally hammering this in. Why? Because it's so important. Because when you do, all of a sudden you become this strength, I mean, literally this strengthened person that can stand against any storm, no matter what it is, and you're not worried about any storm coming. We were in Bethany this last week, and a storm was coming. And when Paul smacks there, you just, he's the police officer, so you just stay. So all the lifeguards were blowing their whistles, you know, get off the beach, and I, we, you know, we just stayed. Like, you gotta go, and we're like, no, we're staying, and then it started to rain. And then we're like, okay, we need to go. So we started taking out our stuff, and they're trying to kick us off the beach. They're like, you gotta go, and we're like, no, we're not leaving our stuff behind. They're like, no, you've gotta go, and they're like, no, we're not leaving our stuff behind. So then we're just, you know, giving them thumbs up as they're whistling at us as we're getting our stuff together. And I'm like, it's fine, Paul can get us out of jail, it's good. Um, so we get all our stuff off, and, uh, and then the video started to go on YouTube of all the umbrellas like rolling into the ocean and this massive storm coming in. You know, we're like to the left of the video. When I actually looked at the, all the video, like we're to the left over there taking down all of our umbrellas. We're like, <laughs> yeah. But the storms of life, for some reason, they don't shake a Christian when they're grounded in his word. For some reason, I, I haven't figured it out yet. I don't, I don't really know. I just know that what it says is true. And then when I base my entire life on the word of God and I have that faith down deep inside of me, I know that nothing can shake me, so nothing does shake me. Does that, does that make sense? It doesn't matter the amount. It doesn't matter the size. It doesn't matter the, 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 the family member that's this and this or that. None, none of that shakes you because you're grounded in his word. I had this, I was, I was in one of my daily encounters and I was praying and, uh, and I was just, you know, just literally driving into heaven saying, Lord, what do you want? And he goes, literally, plain as day, he goes, I want you to pray for those that are either starting their own business or running their own business. And I don't, I don't know why. I don't know the, the meaning behind it. I just know that that's what God told me. So I want to start this morning by praying for those of you that are either planning on starting your own business or are right now managing and running your own business. So if that's you in the room, could you stand for me? If you have your own business or you are planning on starting your own business. Look at that. Can we just first of all give it up for these? That's, that's courage. That's courage. 
All right, church, I just want you to just take hands, spread them out. Just start praying. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, I pray for these businesses. Lord, I thank you for these hearts. Lord, I pray wisdom. I pray discernment. Lord, I pray courage like never before. Lord, I pray the the days that come, the storms that come, Lord, the, the hardships that come, I pray that their faith would be so grounded in you, Lord, that nothing and no one could shake them. Lord, I pray favor over and over again, Lord. I pray that money just starts to roll in, Lord, because of your blessing on their business. We love you and we thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in them and through them, Lord. And I thank you that they're standing in a way that will change the world for you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 Thanks, guys. I love it. I'm proud of you. It takes courage to step out. Takes courage to step out. When uh, we were talking to our kids about prayer, and, and you know, they're asking questions on how long does a prayer need to be? You know, when you're teaching your kids about prayer, how long does a prayer need to be? And everybody's had that question. You know, when I, when I was growing up in, in Sunday school and all that stuff, I would not want to pray. You know, you have like the little hand squeeze on either side. You know, if you want to pray, if you don't want to pray, squeeze the hand to the left. Dude, I was always squeezing the hand to the left. Like this hand was so strong from just squeezing the hand to the left. Um, because I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to talk a lot. I didn't want to tell you my name. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to do all that stuff. That was me literally all the way until I was 11 years old. I was so shy. It was insane and ridiculous. Um, and, and so there, there was those moments where like, you know, how long do I need to pray to impress God? Like, like let's, let's be real. What kind of words do I need to say that, that will draw his attention? Like, do I need to have this like elaborate thing that I, that I release that will now, you know, wake up the Lord and he's like, okay, son, I see you. Now that you've released the words that, that, you know, enlighten my heart, now I'll be there for you. No, no, the simplest of prayers he's drawn to. The simplest of prayers he's drawn to. All he wants to do is be around his kids. So when he hears you talking, It's immediate. It's like when you hear your newborn baby start to babble. They're not saying anything like big. They're just babbling. But you're drawn to it. You're drawn to it. Even as an infant, they're just, they're just, they're saying a lot of nothing. Doesn't matter. You're drawn to it. Why? Because it's them. And that's all that matters. The father thinks the same way about you when you start to open your mouth and praise him, when you start to open your mouth and pray, when you start to open your mouth and and love on him. He doesn't care how it's worded. He just wants to be near you. So when you open your mouth and praise and prayer and worship and all that stuff, he's automatically drawn. He's like, there's my child. I cannot believe it's like the first time your son or your daughter says dad or mom. And they're like, dad, dad. You're like, (laughs) did you hear that? That's my name. They said my name. Same thing. Father. Oh, that was my name. Yo, Gabriel, get up. Look, that's me. They are giving attention to me. They're actually recognizing me. See, so many people walk through the world just, just like this. And it's just, oh, okay. When his child looks and calls for him, he's immediately drawn. There's an immediate attraction there. That's why daily encounters are so important. Drive into his presence, get near him, call on him, and see what happens when he shows up.
Amen. One of our values here is excellence. Excellence is a reflection of heaven. Excellence is a reflection of heaven. We don't strive to be, to, to be excellent. We're not ever going to be excellent until we cross over into heaven. But excellence is our driving point. I'll never be an excellent person. I'm never going to have excellence written all over me, but I'm going to strive to get there because my end goal is heaven. And when I cross over excellence, the purest form of excellence. So we strive, we strive, we, we, we literally drive into that value saying, Lord, we're going to go as hard as we can for excellence. See, he gave us his best, and so we give him our best. That means setting yourself up, putting parameters in place, putting barriers in place, putting boundaries in place to keep yourself protected. He gave us his best, so I give him mine. So when I am in an environment that is lacking my best, I remove myself from that environment. Why? Because it automatically, since I've spent time with the Lord in my daily encounter, now I'm aware of my surroundings because I have discernment because I prayed for it. And now when I'm in it, I feel uncomfortable, some kind of sick feeling when I'm around it. So when I'm there, I'm like, something doesn't feel right. I need to be removed. When you're distant from your daily encounter, you're distant from your discernment, which means you're distant from that feeling, which means when you're in that environment, you're okay there. Meaning when you get there, it just feels normal. So being in that environment when someone comes in and challenges you because they've been with the Lord and they come in and they say, hey, I've seen you kind of shifting because of the friends you're hanging out. No, 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 no. You get defensive. Why? Because you haven't been with the Lord, so you have no discernment. So you're not able to see the friends you're hanging out with are actually tainting your distraction and all you're, you're literally torn apart on all directions. And you've got this one friend that's coming in and saying, hey, something's happening. Something's changing. You're like, stop, get away. You're offending me. You're rude. Go away. All this stuff because you haven't been with the Lord. So you have no idea what surroundings you're actually in. Because you're so numb from not being in his presence that being in an environment that is tainting you, you're okay with. Excellence is a reflection of heaven. So when I guard myself, I'm striving for excellence. When I guard myself and say, that environment's probably going to ruin me, that environment's probably going to, then I'm protecting myself. Let's go all the way back to Genesis 1. And let's get his perspective on excellence. You ready for this? Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right there, I think, is pretty cool. I think that's a pretty good thing. But he looked at it and said, that's not good enough. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, see, me, if I created the heavens and the earth, I would sit back and be like, that's a pretty good win. I'm pretty sure I did a pretty good job today. That's, you know, basically like cutting the grass. I mean, that's a, that a big win. You know, sit back, sit on your porch, and look at your lines. It's fantastic. But for him, he wasn't pleased with that. He wanted more. Why? Because he's striving for excellence. I, I see more potential here. There's more potential than what I've given it. So I need to add something. Go on, verse three. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. 
God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. All that in the first day. I wash my car and I feel a cheat. He creates light and separates it from darkness. And that's just in the first day. Verse six, and God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. I, you know, I just created the sky and the water on the earth. No big deal. It's like this little thing that holds the water. I said, no big deal. I got it. There's more potential there. I don't think we're done yet. I think, I think, I think we need more. Verse nine, and God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation. Why? Because it can. Why? Because he's already thought it all out. Why? Because he already knows what's coming. Because he knows he's going to create more. He's incredible. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so the land produced vegetation. I love it. When he says it, he means it. It does it. Pretty simple. Plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. So within three days, this cat's built like amazing things. But there's more. Why? Because he's not tapped out yet. He's like, no, 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 there's more potential here than what you're seeing. See, for me, I'm pretty impressed by what he's put into work so far. Seems pretty amazing to me that you can create light, you can create darkness, you can create seas, you can separate it to the sky. You can create all these these things that create vegetation and seeds and all these things. What more could you want? And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. 
He's just reminding you that the sun's still going up and coming down. There's still evening and there's still morning. We still got things going on. What I created in the beginning is still working, but we need more. I, I love this. Ready for the fifth day? Let's go to the fifth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning on the fifth day. I'm sorry, that's pretty cool. Created sharks and dolphins and fishies, Nemo and, and, and all these other little things and these, these sea creatures and then the birds and the, the birds feed off the fish. I, I think it's cool. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. The livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. And every hunter said, amen. Over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. God is so planned out. I love how we as people can get worried over one thing, and God's like, I've, I, I, in six days, I've planned it all out, and I've actually looked forward to the future to plan for it. I'm going ahead and putting all of these things in place so that you don't have to worry. I know that someday the power place is going to be in Kennett Square and you're going to need food to eat. So we're going to have farmers and, and people that are going to do produce and all these things. They're going to they're going to work and livestock and, all, and you're going to need to eat. So I'm going to go ahead and provide for you now all these years ago so that when you're there, you can eat what you need to eat. Some grass fed meat. See that? I just rhymed. It's good. So all these years ago, God's already planning for us to be here and to prosper. 
I'm going to give you every, in six days, I'm going to give you everything you need to now conquer, win, nourish, hunt, go, be the change you need to be. Six days. Because God's not just in a one moment God. He doesn't just think about the now. We gave an offer to our kids. It was so funny. We offered them two different things. One that they had already done and, and we were gonna, we're gonna do next year and then a thing that was happening now. And we said, you can get rid of the thing for next year and do this now or not do this and do the thing next year. All of them. They're like, get rid of it. We wanna do the now. Why? Because the kid sees the now and that's what they want. It's, I don't want to have to wait. Do you want 10 bucks now or 100 bucks next year? I'll take the 10 bucks now and go buy 100 things of, 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 of bubble gum. Okay, I'm in. Like, they just want the now. It's not about the value. It's about the now. Give it to me now. I want, I want this here and now. There's no value related to it in a child's eyes. A lot of times we do the same thing where we just want it now and we don't want to wait for the good stuff. So we're so in this moment. It's this, it's this driving point to say, no, 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 now. And if you don't answer me, I'm walking. Lord, I'm giving you, I'm giving you the ultimatum. If you don't do this, I'm out. Show up writing on the wall, Lord, write it. I want my name on the bathroom stall by the time service is over. I'm going pee second stall from the right. There better be a name in there written on that stall door. And it's this option, if I, if I don't see it, I'm out. I'm never coming back. You go in, you know, right after service, you go in and, you know, you didn't tell anybody, so nobody was able to go in there and etch it with a knife, and there's no name. And now you're done. You give it all, because the now, I, I, I just want the now. Well, my family's been sick for years, and we've been praying for healing, so we're done. I thought you said he could. I did. I said, he can he will, but even if he doesn't, I'm still in. See, a lot of people want to forget about that, but even if he doesn't, I'm in until the end. Ain't nothing going to shake my faith. Ain't nothing going to take me off of the trail. I'm in until the end. I'm not worried about, you know, your second cousin from the left that, that they, they're still doing that. And, you know, oh, I don't know. I'm telling you right now, this is the calling that God's called me for, to walk with him. And when you're in it, it's not easy. A lot of people think they're crossing over into Easyville. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. You're going to have a lot of people coming against you. It's not easy. Guess what it is? It's worth it. It's worth it. You will see the provision of God over and over and over again in a million different areas of your life. In Ecclesiastes 9, 10, it says, whatever you do, do well. Let's go back to Genesis 1. Look what he did. Ah, light, dark, that's great. Water, sky, great. Birds, sure. Fish, yeah. Livestock, great. Vegetation, sure, great. Let's add more, 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 more. Humans, we need humans. It's going to be great. This is great. Whatever you do, do well. Don't just do enough. Don't just put $10 in your tank and get one gallon. Not going to take you very far. You need to fill it up. Why? Because you've got to prepare. Look at, look at the oil in the lamp. 
You got to be prepared and bring more. You might miss the bridegroom. I've got I've to have five-gallon gas tanks lined up to put in the truck bed so that I can be prepared for when I run out to refill. Because if I'm not prepared, I'm going to be looking. Like every Tesla owner looking for a charge station. I'm going to be looking. I got 300 miles to get where I got to go or I got to stop for 45 minutes to do a recharge. Yeah, Todd, I see you and I love you. You see Todd out there, he's going to be putting extra batteries in the back of his car. I see, I, I swear. Here's the thing. If we don't prepare now, you will run out at some point. And when you run out, that's the time you're going to be scurrying, looking around being like, hey, can you help? No, I can't help. I'm going into heaven. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, but what do I do? I see him. He's right there. What do I do? I know. I, I, I tried to tell you down there. This is where it gets real. Do everything here, striving for excellence, so that when you get up there, it's an easy passing into those golden streets. I'm prepared here with so much so that I've got enough to even give out some. But there will come a day where it will be too late. To prepare. I don't know if you're, you know, trying to get through this, this like fun season of your life and like, let me just have a little bit of fun before I get serious. I thought seriousness was from my, my 40 year old, you know, area. It's like 40 more authority at 40. I thought that's where I, I like got serious at life. My thirties are just for my, my fun. You know, the things I didn't get to do in college. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the story is. I, I don't know, but I can tell you this. Now is preparation for where you're going. Now, we strive for excellence. Now, so that when we get there, he says, well done. Whatever you do, do it well. Well done, good and faithful servant. You may answer now. For when you go to the grave... There will be no work or planning or knowledge or wisdom. Whatever you do, do well. For when you go to the grave too late, there will be no work or planning or knowledge or wisdom. Philippians 1 verse 9, it says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Discern now. Well, Zay, can I pray for discernment every day? Because I lack it. Uh-huh. Number one culprit, Lord, I need discernment because I lack it. I need discernment. I need wisdom. I need to know things that I don't know. Well, he can do that? Yeah, he can do that. Yeah, he can give you, he can give you that, that insight. You can see things you've never seen before. You can hear things you've never heard before. You can have peace like you've never had before. You can have courage like you've never had before. You can have faith like you've never had before. You start stepping out. You're like, I don't even know why I'm stepping, but I'm stepping. You 
step out. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. It, it's, 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 this, it's this full circle of things. Don't just do half of it, do all of it. Don't just do enough, do more than enough. Set up barriers and boundaries that protect you from all of it, not just some of it. Yeah, this is, this is why we're so big on this. It's protecting you. Why? Because you might be single now or, or maybe you're in a relationship, whatever, but someday you might have little ones running around watching you. And my dad always said it growing up, the, 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 foot, the footsteps that you think you covered up are the ones that your kids follow. That's it. They're, they're following the steps that you think you followed up, that you think you covered up. Start living now so that even if they wander to find your footsteps, they can't find anything but the ones you're setting in front of you. It's this is the way this house lives. This is who we are. We're going to walk somewhere. And let me be real. If you have a, a, a day, a time, a moment where maybe things go a little south, be real and honor those around you by apologizing. It's okay. It's called humbleness. Humbleness. It's what we strive for. Humbleness. It's what I need. It's okay to be real. No one's perfect. Yes, we're all striving for excellence, but nobody's perfect. So you're going to have moments where you, you know, get passed on Highway 1 by Pastor Greg. It's okay. That's fine. He's praying for forgiveness while he's passing you. <laughs> Word around town is he has a really sticky gas pedal. Like, it doesn't work. So it's not his fault. <laughs> it's okay to humble yourself and get real with the people around you. First Corinthians 15, 58. And I'm closing, worship team, you can come, please. First Corinthians 15, 58. It says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand what? Firm. Stand firm. Now, no, wait. Standing firm requires some things. Yes, you're right. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in what? Vain. When you labor for the Lord, it's not in vain. You're doing it for a purpose and a result. There will be benefit to your laboring for the Lord. Look at David in the field. David labored. He, 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 you know, he, caught sheep, threw them over, you know, snapped some legs. It was great. And then, and then he played, me, Lord, I love you. You know, just all laboring. Yeah, yeah, in the field, just in the field, in the field. And all of a sudden, God had prepared him enough. That laboring wasn't in vain, David. Come. See that giant? That's what you've been laboring for. Go ahead. Do what I've taught you. Do what's been built inside of you. I know you're small, but remember, remember, remember the conversations we've had? You're courageous, and that doesn't scare you. So go ahead and live on what you've been telling me. Go for it, son. 
you got this. David steps up. He's like, I got this no matter what. I've been laboring and it wasn't in vain. He's been strengthening me from the inside. Yes, my arms look puny and my legs are tiny, but man, there was a bear. And let me tell you about the bear. I tore that thing to shreds. I know I don't look like much, but let me tell you what I did. What I did was only by the power of God. And he gave me the strength I needed to rip that thing to shreds. Oh, I don't know if I believe you. Well, then let me tell you another one about the lion. Let me tell you about the lion that came about. He came to attack my sheep. And let me tell you what the Lord said. He said, my sheep are protected by my shepherds. And let me tell you, David, today, you're going to fight that lion and you're going to win. Get on there, son. You've got it. Because I took the lion and because I took the bear, I'm not afraid of that giant. And that's where it comes in. That's striving for excellence. It's in those private moments with the Lord where he starts to build you up and builds you out to where when you step into battle, nothing and no one can shake you. Amen. Come on, stand with me all over this place. Thanks for checking out the Power Place audio podcast. If you want more resources for your walk with the Lord, you can visit us online at www.thepowerplace.org. You can check us out on YouTube and Facebook at the Power Place Church if you want to watch the service online. And if you want to give, you can text any amount to 84321 or visit the church website.